bring the heart. It's time to get loud. Let's go! Because this is Betfred Super League. Bring it on. legend is often overused in sport but I think it's fair to say I'm in the company of three rugby league legends right now. I'm in St Helens alongside James Roby, Kieran Cunningham and Alex Wormsley. We're here for one of Alex's testimonial year events, an evening with Kieran and James and it's sold out pretty quickly I understand as Saints fans are going to get a unique chance to ask questions of the big three. I'm going to do my best to keep things in order if I possibly can. So this is a very special edition of the Betfred sponsored Eddie and Steve-O the podcast so let's get down to business right away. Alex let's talk to you first of all. This is your testimonial year going well? Yeah really well thank you. Um, Obviously it's been a it's been a good year so far. I'm, you know, I'm grateful we've had a few successful seasons these last few years and the fans have been amazing. They've come out and backed me, as I knew they would and they always have done when it comes to these kind of events and testimonial years. And Yeah, very lucky to be at a club like St Helens where we've got so many great fans who have come out and, and backed me. So, yeah, really, really well and really grateful for it so far. I never knew you were the master of the understatement. You've had a few relatively successful seasons. It has been a brilliant period for St Helens, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And, and listen, I think it's, it's come off a lot of hard work and... and a team what's grown over the last, probably not just the last three or four years, but prior to that, you know, was quite a young transition side a few years ago. And, um, yeah, to, to knock three in a row and, and win a Challenge Cup as well in, in the middle of that. We're, um, you know, very lucky to have the team we have, the the organisation we have here. Um, so, yeah, no, it, it's going well and hopefully we can continue that form. I'm sure you will. Look, um, I've been doing a little bit of homework about you. You started um, here in 2013. You'll be here for at least another two years as well because you've just signed a deal to the end of uh, that particular period. When you moved from Batley, I think you were 22, did you ever think at that stage when you came here it would go as well as it has? No, I genuinely didn't. And, and I probably, to be honest, I find myself pinching myself now because I think when I signed at Batley prior to that, I was playing amateur rugby. And for me, that was a pinnacle. So to get the opportunity to come to a Super League, but come to St. Helens, one of the greatest teams in, in the country. and um, be alongside so many great players. I pretty much thought it'd be a, a flash in the pan. You know, if I played a few games, I'd be happy. So to be here <laughs> ten years down the line, um, a few, you know, a few grand final wins as well, and, and the success that we've had. Uh, very grateful for everyone who's been involved, and it's been, um, yeah, it's been a magical ten years. Fantastic ten years. Four grand finals. I make it. You've also won the cup as well, as you said, and you've become an England international too. Couldn't have gone much better, could it? Really? No, and. and and like I said, to be honest, when I did sign and if someone had offered me half of that, I'd have took it with two mm. hands. So, um, yeah, really, really grateful. But, you know, I'm very aware that there's so many people who played a massive part in that. And I don't think if one, 
you know, I stood beside these two men here in particular as well. I wouldn't have had the career I've had and, and gone on to have these successes. So, um, yeah, really, really, really happy. Really happy with what's gone on so far and hopefully there might be a couple more successes yet. You never know. As we speak, you're way, way clear at the top of the Super League table. Um, a fourth grand final in a row, victory is beckoning. Do you ever talk about that in the dressing rooms? Yeah, we do. But, you know, do you? We, yeah, we do. And, and, and listen, but we talk about it in the sense of, we know what we want to achieve. We don't want to, um, you know, we're not going to count on the chickens yet. We're in a good spot at the minute. The team's playing really well. I know we've got a few boys out injured, but they're going to come back in the next few weeks. And I think we've got all the tools there to go on and do it again. But I think what we've found, and, and James will back this up, is as each year goes by, it gets harder and harder to back up. And last year was a real tough challenge, and I think this year's going to be even tougher. So, um, listen, we've got everything at our disposal to do it but it's not going to be given to us and we know that and there's a lot of hard work between now and the end of the season to make sure it happens. If I asked you for one outstanding memory of your time here, do you have one or are they all just brilliant? Yeah, for, for me, and it's a strange one, I always look back to 2013 and when I first got into the team, it was probably due to injuries in, in the position in, in prop and we had a few senior boys out at the time and, and I found myself playing quite early on and um, when it got when the boys started coming back and started getting picked again, um, you know, when Brownie picked me for the Good Friday game against Wigan, um, when we had, you know, we had some real big internationals back, we had Josh Perry back and a few other boys, and for him to still pick me on the bench and playing that Good Friday game, it really felt the first time where I could make a good go at this and have a crack at it. And although we lost that game and um, <laughs> it, you know, wasn't a great result, but just being on the pitch and in front of twenty four thousand for that first time and on a Good Friday and feeling that fight was a real memorable moment and, and some of what I'm always proud of. I'm sure. Look, we'll, we'll talk to you again uh, before we finish this, uh, I'm sure. Um, but let's move on now to a man who won a place in the World 13 four times, six times named in the Super League Dream Team, played in the grand finals, eight grand finals in all, winning four of them, lifted the uh, Challenge Cup as well eight times, a former St Helens captain and still the most prolific try-scoring forward in Super League history. I'm talking about the one and only Kieran Cunningham, of course. Kieran, long time no see. I must say, you're looking as fit and as well as ever. Not as well as you, my old friend. <laughs> Not as well as you. But yeah. You look brilliant. You look brilliant. You really do. And, I mean, what, what a career you have had. You know, some people say you were dipped in gold. Well, let's be fair, you were certainly dipped in bronze, weren't you? Because <laughs> your statue still adorns this stadium I think time, to this day. time was probably a good thing in that. <laughs> you know, some it don't tell me it's gone a bit green, has it? The bronze I'm hasn't... I'm not sure. If they want to change it, I'm more than happy to take it and put it in my garden. So <laughs> that, that, I'm happy with that. Can you imagine what the birds might do to it if that's the case, well, if no. it goes in the garden? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, you must be very proud of everything you've achieved. <clears throat> I mean, that was a, a snapshot of what you, you won and what you did. You must be oh, so massive. proud. It's the career comes and goes in the blink of an eye and you look back and I think you know that was quite poignant when you said to to Al what what was a standout moment and I think being at a successful club like this we get asked well I did that through my career and these boys will vouch for it as well I think you find you pinch yourself at how lucky you actually are to be involved in that mm. as though it goes so quick but when you don't really have a standout moment that's like this it means you've done so much in your career and you've achieved so much and for these boys more to achieve Indeed, Ho hopefully so. this boy especially next year yeah for James Nick, yeah. this year and next year we we'll yeah. see we're going to talk about that in a minute I'm sure <coughs> uh, so no real outstanding memory oh. one that sticks out one that you say I'm uh, so glad the pinnacle of our game is, is the NRL That's for, so for me to play 
and the players we played against Brisbane in those two games, um, and the players that I played against, I idolised. You know, Gordon Tallis was my ultimate hero. You know, the raging bull that was, and to play against that guy and to win in the fashion that we did, and it was the start of the year, and we was in the same boat as them. And for me, that game is I won lots of Challenge Cups, lots of other trophies, but for me, that was a had that little bit of more. I don't know. A little bit special. Razzmatazz about yeah, it. Absolutely. You know, what what a shame this current team weren't able to take on the Penrith Panthers because yeah. I think they might have beaten them. No, you know? I honestly do. I honestly do. I've, I haven't seen of this, a team of this standing since 2006 when we was sort of dropping internationals for Challenge Cup finals and you know, I think these boys have got that same quality. Mm. Can you remember how the career started? How did you, how did you come into it? Um, it was in the blood, wasn't it? All the family course, played. All the family, all the family yeah. played and... Um, I actually played. I was played at school from being seven. Quit when my dad died when I was ten. Mm. Turned into a little bit of a vagabond for a few years, and then um, got a kick up the backside off uh, of a close family friend. And the rest is history, as they say. And you know, I was adversity stacked against you. We've all got our own stories, but you know, I was wife who I've been with since I was fourteen. We sort of didn't get the birds and the bees talk, so we was pregnant at sixteen, and mum kicked me out, and you know, <laughs> and that was it. So ultimately, I. would something to shoot for and on the shot for and it turned out well for me. Sounds like a St Helens soap opera, this. Well, I think, like I said, everybody's got a story. <laughs> you know? We all have yeah, got our have. own stories and a lot of us in rugby league are sort of from that type of background anyway. You know, there's a lot of working class backgrounds uh, in rugby league and, you know, I'm sure there's far worse stories than mine out there. But I, I bet there is. It just gives you more motivation and especially when people can't say you can't do things and... You know, you're adamant, well, I was anyway, uh, to prove everybody wrong. Uh, and the rest is history, as they say. 2004, you had a young man called James Roby pushing uh, you uh, as your understudy all the way. <coughs> Looking back, uh, what did you what did you think of him when you first came oh, across him? Amazing, amazing talent. Absolutely amazing talent. We've, you know, still good friends with, with Robes as, as of this day. And from coming in, and I think it was tough to come into that squad. We had a really good squad at the time, but they had the luxury of us winning lots of trophies. And that's what I'm saying about this generation of Saints side now. The kids are winning trophies. And then that's going to be James Roby, James Graham, Alex Wormsley. You know, that's... And then the kids will win trophies and then that's your next... And that's what's so good about this club. And I don't know how old Robs was when he came in and won his first trophy. Um, but, you know, all he knew then was how to win trophies. Well, looking at some of the pictures that we're going to be hopefully giving away and selling tonight, he was pretty young. He really he was. was. He had a lot more hair back then. <laughs> you that. all did. Yeah, you yeah, all yeah. did. Look, as I say, you won every honour in the game as a player. And then 2010, you decided to hang up the boots. You decided uh -huh. to give coaching a go. You were assistant to Royce, Royce Simmons. Then you became assistant head coach with Mike Rush. Then you got the big job itself. That lasted far shorter than it should have done. Looking back, do you regret that you went oh God, back no. into no, coaching? I, no, if I still had that opportunity now, knowing what the end result would be, I would ultimately, we're, that's why we play at this great club, because you want you believe you can do anything, you know, and that's, well, it just didn't work out for me. It was one of those things, probably occurred too much, local lad in a team, didn't probably get the fur crack of the whip financially that other coaches got, um, but... You know, I'm not bitter about any of it. I enjoyed my time here and ultimately the closer you get to the top, the closer you are to the edge of the cliff and, and that's the reality of coaching. And, Indeed. You know, I've, and I'd always say again, if I had my chance again and I knew what was going to happen, 
I'd still do it because you, that's what you do. You'd still do it even 100%, though... 100%, yeah, 100%. It, it, didn't, it, it, it didn't quite end in tears, but I remember no. <clears throat> McManus saying about it, you know, and every coach, let's face it, every coach signs on the dotted line believing that one day they're going to get the tin tack, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't want to get into coaching. I, 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 you know, I wasn't Royce's assistant. I was working... I got a job as of, you know, I've been here forever and a day and Eamon and the club sort of <laughs> promised me that we could continue the relationship and I was helping Matty Daniels in the behind the with scenes, the you know, doing stuff with the kids and mm. the Royce thing sort of just fell upon me when Royce was in a bit of strife, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then Royce asked me to couple, cut a couple of videos and he was happy and the next thing Royce gets sacked and... In you go. And Rushy and, and you know, I'd, I'd only done about three or four cuttings of videos and then Raymond gets me in a room and asks me, will you and Rushy take over? And I was just like, well, I'm not going to say no because no. I love the bloke. Eamon's sort of like a very good friend and, you know, he always will be and I'd do anything for the for the guy. So I would never say no and see him in, in that type of position, but it was never a plan. And then he enjoyed it. It went well and Brownie came in. I really enjoyed the assistant's role and, you know, he, being the leader as we all are, you always think you could do bigger and better and bigger and better and... You know, I've no regrets, none, none whatsoever. That's fantastic to hear. And to be fair to you, you suffered badly with injuries in your final times here. The players really weren't performing. They were underperforming a bit. And I've got a quote from Eamon McManus here. He describes the moment that you left the club, parted the ways as upsetting and disappointing for us all. You yeah. were here since <laughs> a young lad. I well, was actually in that room. In, I got a call on a... I don't know, it was a Saturday night off Eamon, which we spoke all the time, but I knew it was... And he said, enjoy your weekend. And I was just like, right, OK. So I knew <laughs> I was coming. I couldn't sleep for two nights just on oh, the back really? of it. And we went in the room and, and Eamon was crying more. Like, Eamon sat there in tears. I'm like, who's getting sacked? Is it me or you? Like, what? <laughs> like, what what's going on? And he's, you know, because we had a bond, a relationship from, from you know, him getting him first involved in the club. And, you know, we're close family friends. He knows my wife and children closely, as I do ease, and, you know, we have got a really close bond to this day. I still and still have. And still have to this day. And um, we will have forever, you know, and that's just how we are. That's why I took the role, was for, the, for that man. OK. Um, I mean, it was, a, it was a, a, a fantastic era for you as a player, captain, coach. You still a fan? Still oh, a fan God, I love club? it. Love it to bits, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I get here when I can. I've sort of set up a business. We run our own business. We bring customers and... You know, it's nice to be a fan. That's that's yeah. a nice thing. Um, and you can shout and scream like I shout and scream yeah, at the well, telly good. these days. Well, you know, I used to, <laughs> as a coach or a player, you'd hear people saying things, you'd be like mm. rolling your eyes, but now I'm that person saying things, so it's great. Correct. I can Absolutely. call referees. I can Because <laughs> nobody, nobody's entitled to a, a, an inch of my life now, so it's great. <laughs> yeah. you know, unless what are, they want to buy a light What are you doing ball. now? You're in business. You're a successful yes, business. I, I opened an electrical wholesaler uh, in St. Helens about four years ago. So, yeah, You're going well? Going really, really well, yeah. Really. Can these lads do it in 100%. 2022? Can they win four in a row and set down a marker? Yeah, of course they can. Of course they can. Look, Lady Luck plays a massive, massive part in anything to do with rugby league. You look at the quality in the squad and you look at how everybody else is playing and I think Saints are head and shoulders above and everybody's sort of fighting for second place in my eyes. Um, I am a little bit biased, but um, that's the way I look at the quality in the, in the competition. Well, if they are going to get to a fourth grand final in a minute, there is one man who will play a pivotal role in that, and that is our next guest, James Roby, another legend of the game. I mean, listen, you look like you could play on and on and on and on. Um, are you going to get to Old Trafford this year and win it? Hopefully, yeah, that's, that's obviously the aim. Um, 
like Alex said earlier, I think you know we have spoke about it. We do know what's at stake and what what opportunity is in front of us. Um, but obviously there's a, a bit of work to be done before then. So, yeah, that's that's obviously the aim and we just want to keep knocking the wins off week by week until then and, and hopefully when we get to the big games we can perform. Well, you're performing now. I mean, you're so far ahead at the top of the table. It, it, it's just untrue. There's a fellow next to you, Kieran Cunningham, who you understudied when you first broke in to the side. Now, there was number nine and the word Cunningham underneath that. What did you think of him? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I always looked up to Kez, obviously, as, as a local lad going to Nosey Road. I used to go all the games with all the, the dads and the lads from uh, my old amateur team at Blackbrook. Um, and, you know, the likes of Kieran and Skullthorpe and Wellins and Long and, you know, mm. these household names uh, that we I always looked up to. And then I kind of had a bit of a, a quick transition from playing in the academy age groups up until the first team. And then, obviously, you know, when you're in a team with people like Kieran, it's, it's unbelievable. And you're just kind of a young lad. You just... And I remember just keeping my mouth shut, just cracking on my work, trying to not upset anybody and just work <laughs> as hard as I could and, and obviously try and get me chance. And, and luckily I got that pretty young. And like I said, you know, there's no one better than Kieran to, uh, to kind of look up to and, and try and emulate as a player. And, you know, not just what he did on the field, but the way he carries, carries himself off the field as well and his values. Absolutely. I mean, uh, what a role model to, to learn things from. You, you mentioned all the players who were coming through when you were a youngster. 2022, it's still happening. What is it about this club that unearths golden talent? Because, you know, look now, Wellesby, Dodd, Benison, not long ago Morgan Knowles, you know, was yeah. the, the young kid on the block. Where do they come from and how do they develop here? Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing really when you say all those names and like you said, they are the people who could still be here, you know, giving this sort of interview in 15 years' time towards the back end of their careers. Um, and, and the brilliant lads, you know, they, they come in, like I said, they, they just want to work hard, get the foot in the door and detect the opportunity with both hands. And obviously a lot of credit has got to go down to, you know, everybody involved in the development age groups of the club, the, com the community sort of scouts that go out and watch games. And like you mentioned, you know, Morgan Knowles is from Cumbria, with Lewis Dodd from uh, Widness, Jack Wellsby's Wigan Way. So, you know, we're not just homegrown talent in terms of St Helens especially it's got to be kind of anywhere across the country and you know if you're good enough there'll be somebody there to uh, to kind of you know get some eyes on you and have a look and obviously if, if you're up to scratch you know invite you down for, for training and I do know that um, you know them younger age groups I think we start signing a scholarship age at about 14 um, that there is a lot of lads from from all you know areas of, of the northwest of England really, uh, potentially even a few of one like Regan Grace from Wales mm. and stuff. So, you know there is a hell of a lot of work behind the scenes that probably goes on that you know the general public don't get to see. But um, you know in, in unearthing these talents and finding them and obviously getting them here and then building them up to standard. And who's the one that you're looking over your shoulder at now? Who's the next Kieran Cunningham, James Roby coming through? Is the one? Uh, yeah, well, obviously in the first team at the minute, there's obviously Joey Lussock is playing yeah. nine, and then there's a young lad Taylor Pemberton who uh, he got his chance in the when a lot of the young lads played earlier on in the season at Castleford away, and they did really well, and they were unlucky there to to come on the you know on the end of a defeat. But yeah, Taylor Pemberton's doing really well and um, you know and, and performing well for the for the reserve. So he's uh, the next cab off the rank kind of thing. Fair enough. You obviously have lost none of your enthusiasm for this game. Um, you're still St. Helens' top tackler this year, 500 and more of them. You've got 10 grand final appearances to your name, and 11th is beckoning, as we've already said. 
and that will equal Jamie Peacock's record. Man of Steel, two Harry Sunderland awards, international caps galore. Apart from paying the mortgage, what keeps you going? <laughs> yeah, just enjoying it, to be honest. I suppose the, the simple fact of just turning up every day with a group of lads, like-minded people, you know, we work hard, but we have a laugh at the same time. And I'm really enjoying it. And like I say, obviously, I, you know, I've been very lucky throughout my career. I know that I'm an ageing player. I know it's coming to an end, uh, but I'm still enjoying it and I'm, I'm still having a laugh and I just want to make the most of it while it lasts. Well, you say you're an ageing player, you don't look it on the field and I'm not, I'm <laughs> like, not blowing smoke anywhere. You know, you're fantastic still. You're the, the heartbeat of this team. Everyone is asking you this and everyone wants the answer. So give us an exclusive <laughs> on Eddie and Steve or the pod- podcast. Are you going to play on in 2023? Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that decision is obviously, you know, I even get kind of annoyed with myself at times because I, I probably should have made that decision a long time ago. Well, you have. Um, you said you, this is your last. But, yeah, it's, it's, um, it, it's one of those that always throws up in the balance and, and yeah, the uh, the club needs to know what I need to know and, uh, yeah, a, a decision will be made, you know, pretty quickly. Not, not too pretty, far. Pretty soon. N- not too far. Yeah, in yeah. The, because <laughs> Kel Cosler, 531 appearances for this club. Your Super League's leading appearance record holder now obliterating Kevin Sinfield's record just recently. You'll only get 531 appearances for Saints if you play on next year. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. And that is obviously <laughs> one of the, uh, you know, one of the kind of... <laughs> that is obviously something, um, a carrot on the end of the stick, should we say. But yeah, there's pros and cons for both, isn't there? And, um, you know, I've got to weigh up, you know, my health and, and stuff like that as well in, in contrast to that. But... I do know that that record is there for, for the taking, taking, hopefully. Well, you're in, mean, you're in mean shape. There's no question of that. 2022, you've been top of the table from the first ball that was kicked. Yeah. Are you going to get to Old Trafford? All your fans want you there, obviously. The rugby league public probably don't. You're the new Wigan. Yeah. You know, they're probably sick and tired of seeing you winning at Old Trafford. But what a legacy that would be. Yeah, like, like you say, I think it is true that a lot of people probably, you know, who are non-Saint Telling's fans would probably like to see somebody else there. But, you know, potentially if we, you know, knock a few more wins out and then we kind of could hopefully tie up that first place, get the league leaders and stuff, and then it obviously puts us in a very good position to, to progress on to Old Trafford again. So You could yeah, rest and rotate then, can't you? Yeah, that gives us that luxury if, if we want to use it mm. kind of thing. Um, but I suppose you, you've got to find that balance because, you know, the back end of the season... You don't get much time before you, you're straight into a semi-final and then a final, probably. So, um, you know, you've got to get your combinations firing. You've got you've got to get the balance right between giving people a rest, but also you know keeping everybody clicking. But yeah, it's uh, you know it's exciting times. It's all going well for us, and you know, Old Trafford is definitely the aim. Good old fingers crossed. Look, when the golden nail comes out and those boots go on it, I mean, yeah. you're going to be 37 in November. I can't yeah. believe I'm saying that. Looking at you. your mate, had a double at coaching. Yeah, does that tempt you? No, I'd, well, I'd never say never. It's one of them I've always kind of... It's never really appealed to me the way I am as a, as a person and stuff. Probably similar to Kieran in a lot of respects. I never... I don't aspire to be a head coach by any means, but, again, it would be very hard to turn down if a job opportunity came up and somebody would offer and it sounded attractive. And, and like Kieran said earlier, I think there's something within us that always... You know, somebody says you can't do it, well, we'll try and prove you wrong that we can. Um, so, yeah, it's like I say, it's nothing I aspire to do and it would be very, very unlikely, I think, in my eyes, but I'd never say never. I don't blame you. Well, there's all sorts of rumours about Christian. Christian Wolf at the moment as well. I mean, yeah. if he went, if you hung the boots up, the call came, you wouldn't say no. 
Uh, I don't think I could, no. I don't think I could, but yeah, there's, <laughs> I don't uh, think there's, there's a few more decisions to be made, isn't there? But but yeah, it's uh, like you say, uh, uh, you know, as, as a uh, just because you've you've done so much as a player doesn't mean uh, you know you, you can go into coaching and expect to to be good at what you do, kind of thing. So um, so yeah, it's it's one of those. I'll just see what happens and and if something come available, I'd have to consider it then. I'm sure you would. A little glint in your eye while you say that as well. Okay, look, uh, Alex. I think our audience is waiting for us next door. Uh, I think they're in for a treat, don't you? Because there've been some fascinating views from these two over the past uh, half hour or so. Yeah, absolutely. Just listening to them to them both speak and, and some of the stories and and you know, we, we are surrounded by two of the greatest ever and being in their company and, and listening to them and I'm actually looking forward to sitting down and, and listening to them on stage as well because there's definitely a few tales to be told and by two of the best has ever been. I wonder if they'd be brave enough to tell all the tales that would probably be asked of them. Oh, <laughs> there's, there's always a few that needs to be kept behind those doors. And <laughs> what goes on at Saints stays at Saints, eh? Well, so the reckon. I wouldn't know myself. <laughs> You're all obviously enjoying life. It's been a fantastic pleasure to, to have you on the podcast. Thank you very much, gentlemen, for your time. Um, and for taking time to talk to me on this special edition of Eddie and Steve Other Podcast. We will be back. So until the next time, goodbye from all four of us here at Super Saints. <laughs>